Hello and welcome to Normal Boring Free Birth for Normal Boring People with Victoria and Leone. We're here to celebrate, share and explore everyday free birth stories from normal people like you. If you have a free birth story you would love to share, you can get in touch by sending a DM to our Instagram page at normalboringfreebirth or email us at normalboringfreebirth@outlook.com. You said something brilliant in this and I didn't want to point at the time because I didn't want to talk over Kezia. Yeah, I wrote it down. You said, (laughs) Ah. yeah, you said no midwife is safer than a bad midwife. And I love that. And I want that on a T-shirt because I think that's such a freaking good point. Yeah. You know, just having somebody, I think Kezia touched on it. It's the risk, isn't it? You just don't know Mm. who's going to be walking through your front door, who, what their personality is going to be, you know, what their kind of their training or their perhaps ulterior motive might be if there is one there quite possibly is one and I just I just love that you know we got into lots of lovely detail about her amazing birth video which I hope everybody watches yeah yeah it's a beautiful video and yeah I was really like itching to talk to her as soon as I saw it well let's just get into it and we'll hear Kezia's beautiful birth story of her daughter Daisy Thank you so much for coming on here and agreeing to tell your beautiful story. Do you want to start off by just introducing yourself and telling everyone what you're all about? Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Kezia Godfrey, um, uh, founder of Oxfordshire Hypnobirthing. Um, and I'm here to talk about my recent free birth in July, um, on the hottest day of the year. <laughs> oh, wow, um, was it? Yeah, uh, but being in the pool is lovely, so we'll get on to that, I'm sure, at some point in a little while. Um, so, yeah, here I am. Amazing, amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much for yeah agreeing to talk to us about your lovely story. We're really excited to hear it. We've seen your gorgeous video, I think both of us have, and oh. um, yeah, so that really set the scene for us, and I'm sure we will share this as well with people before they listen to your story, or they'll want to go and watch it as soon as they've heard it, I'm sure. But yeah, where would you like to yeah. start? Like, start wherever feels good. You want to go through the pregnancy or anything at all? What feels right? Um, yeah, probably the... I mean, the journey to get to where I am now really has been quite massive. And probably the the most sensible place to start really would be in my pregnancy with my son, so my eldest. Mm. Um, And I suffered really badly, really, really badly with what it turns out, I didn't know it had a name at the time, but it was tocophobia. Um, Mm. My work wasn't very supportive, really. Um, There were some things said at work that made me feel even more uncomfortable. and just generally my outlook on birth, I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want the baby coming out of any part of my body, not my tummy, not my vag, not anywhere. I didn't want the baby to come out. I didn't want to do it. Um, and it got, it sort of, I sort of got in quite a bad place to the point where I was driving to work one day and I was like, I'm just going to drive my car into a lamppost and then I don't have to deal with it. It'll oh, wow. all be over and I won't have to deal with it at all. Um, so that's where I was at um, in my pregnancy with my son um, until I, sort of a family member mentioned hypnobirthing and I did what most people do and I sort of rolled my eyes and I was like nah sounds like hippie shit not for me no thanks (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah it's probably not for me but it was my husband really that said I don't mean to be rude but look at the state of you like you could do with we could try something it can't hurt to try Mm, anything or better um and so we did we got an audio book and we listened to it together on our honeymoon in Norway um 
and we'd like press pause and we'd talk about it and I was like this just makes so much sense it's so logical it's so it just makes so much sense once you start to understand birth and how it Mm. works Mm. um but then I had loads and loads of questions that a book obviously couldn't answer um booked onto a course with a real human because I think that's really important that you know there is something for everybody out there but I do stand by being able to speak to another human mm-hmm. um when you're preparing for birth someone that's informed and can help you feel empowered is really important um mm-hmm. and it was a four-week course and after the first session the first week it was a couple of hours and even after that I had like a flicker of excitement in my tummy and I never ever thought that that was possible for me for someone like me mm-hmm. to feel excited about birth it was mm-hmm. always a joke in my family Maybe. um just have a well, I say it was always a joke. I would say sort of as a joke, but really quite meaning it. I'm just going to have a general anaesthetic and wake me up when it's done. I don't want to have any involvement in it. Mm. Um, but I always joked that I would never be able to have children because it just giving birth was not something that I was ever going to do. And if I did, I was not going to be good at it <laughs> at all. Did you feel that way before you're preg- before you were pregnant? Or is it, you know, did you kind of have those feelings, first of all, when you became pregnant? Um, before I was pregnant, I mean, it's quite, it's quite funny looking back. Um, I wasn't really trying that hard to get pregnant because I was quite resistant about the idea of giving birth. I wanted a family. If I thought about the future, there was children there and Christmases were all sweet and there was, you know, Lego everywhere kind of thing (laughs) in my head. Getting to that point, um, was just not, it just really wasn't an option. It never, I never allowed it to enter my head because I didn't want to have to think about it. So. I really wasn't trying that hard to get pregnant. My poor husband, it turns out, thought we were trying really hard and thought there was a problem. Um, even though it didn't take us very long to fall pregnant, he was starting to feel concerned, but never spoke about that until afterwards. Um, mm. So, yeah, it was always sort of underlying an issue with giving birth and having babies. Um, mm. And then I got pregnant. And then when it, I did the pregnancy test, cried my eyes out. And then I think one of the first things I said was, I feel like I've been put on a conveyor belt and there's an incinerator at the end and there's no getting off. Like, it doesn't matter what I do now. Yeah. Terminating was not an option. Of course, I want the baby and I want the family, but getting the baby out either way, Mm. any which way, just I just felt like I was put on a conveyor belt towards the most awful thing that could possibly happen to a human is how I felt. (laughs) how I felt then. Um, So hypnobirthing, discovering hypnobirthing, that was the most poignant moment of my entire life ever um, Mm. because I discovered that actually birth can be positive um, and it can be something that you can remember for the right reasons. Um, So we did the course and we obviously did all the work, put in all the practice, practiced all the breathing and did did all the the bits, you know, all the hypnobirthing bits. We did it all. and had a, a pretty straightforward birth with my son um we were planning you know this is a story that we now hear being in birth work over and over again mm. I was planning a birth center but there was meconium and I didn't know any better so they told me to go to hospital um blah 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 um but luckily and the saving grace for me was I'd been laboring really really well at home and by the time we had decided we were going to make our way into hospital, my husband couldn't find the car keys and it took him about another 45 minutes to find them. Oh, wow. And- <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> You'll never guess where they were. <laughs> <laughs> 
they were on the roof. So it was three o'clock in the morning and we found them on the roof of the car where he'd been fitting with a baby seat the day before in preparation. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, no. So my, one of my top tips now is make sure you've got a spare set of keys and make sure you've got a set somewhere you'll find them. If you're planning to leave the house, um, make sure you know where your keys are. Although <laughs> that point. extra 45 minutes to an hour in the hospital could have could have made my birth look very different. Um, looking back knowing what I know now mm. um so I got there um told them that the baby was coming and they were like no you've got hours left you there's hardly a peep coming out of you you've got ages just you know strap yourself in because you're going to be here for a while and he was born sort of within the hour um wow. just one midwife in delivery with my husband um and it was lovely you know mm. we had the lights down we had music on I had um you know my essential oils and the midwife was amazing I was it is luck. It is luck. I was yeah. lucky that it was her. I was lucky that it was quiet. I was lucky that the baby was coming. I was lucky that I knew that he was coming, mm. um, even though no one else really thought. Um, I asked for vaginal examination, actually, and they said, no, um, no point telling you something that's going to disappoint you. Oh, right. <laughs> um, which, which in hindsight is just, you know, it's, I find it hilarious now that, you know, we sort of encourage people, you know, unless you really need to have it don't have it and I was telling them I want one and they were like no and I it's was crazy, expecting isn't to be it? cutting people off me yeah don't touch my vagina I know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I had had my son and that was lovely so he was born um early April 2020 so we were we'd been in lockdown for like two weeks for the first time so it was all a bit weird um and yeah it was it was it was a really great birth but there were definitely moments that again with more education that I've done now and more learning and more teaching I can see that it could have quite quickly spiraled out of control mm. um I had the one midwife and she was amazing and um I don't know who came in who he was I don't know whether he was a doctor or an anesthetist or who he, I don't know who he was he never said obviously he just came in and putting a cannula in your wrist I was like what's that for and he said hydration for fluids and I was like I've got a bottle of water here I'm fine thank you um, literally bearing down at this point the baby's literally on its way out wow um and I eventually I just said yeah fine okay just in my right hand please <laughs> and then he put it in there just and it was just in case um yeah. and then that was in there the baby was born less less than half an hour after that had happened mm. and we were fine yeah. um and then it stayed in my wrist for like 12 hours and they wouldn't take it out just in case and I'm like what are you waiting like looking back now I was like what were they waiting for but now I know that they were prepping me for you know for all of the things that they were going to do because I was going to be there for a long time they were just getting yeah. ready the drip and mm. all of the yeah. stuff that was to come with the you know normal hospital birth yeah 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 um so so that was that um but I had I felt really positively about it so what's really nice is although there's I should I maybe should have stayed at home or I could have changed a lot actually if I hadn't done hypnobirthing at all mm-hmm. we just know that that was a cesarean job yeah easily yeah. with that much fear about mm-hmm. the, about birth if I hadn't done anything so it was really massive and from there I was like everyone has to know this I have to tell everyone I don't mm-hmm. care what I have to do and it didn't become about sort of making an income or anything it was just I will tell anyone that's ready to listen because mm. this is mm. massive. Wow. Um, and with how many, um, you know, friends and family and stuff have all had births and, you know, and all the different stories you hear, I was like, this makes such a difference to people that 
are prepared to do something to help themselves and feel more informed and educated. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then fell pregnant with Daisy and immediately knew that I wanted a home birth. Um, you know, and sort of, again, looking back, the red flags started popping up straight away. So where I live... Um, I live in one postcode, but my doctor's surgery is with another postcode. So they were linked to the Royal Barks Hospital, but I wanted to birth in the birth centre or at home under the Wallingford team who were linked with the JR. Mm. And basically I was having phone calls and emails backwards and forwards with both of the head of midwifery at both hospitals who were both like, we don't want you. We don't want you. No, you're going to cost too much money. No, go then kind of. Oh. <laughs> and I was what? like, no one wants my care. So Wow. Way to feel wanted want and supported. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a way to treat you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, eventually, anyway, um, I um, managed to get booked in um, with my local team that I wanted to be with. Mm. Um, and I was planning a home birth with a midwife. Um, and that was fine. We went for the booking. Um, and a lovely, lovely, lovely midwife did our booking. And I felt safe. I felt comforted. I felt listened to. I felt like when I said that I was going to have a home birth, she was like, yes, you are. And I can't wait. Aww, <laughs> and so I was so nice. going to have continuity of care. And mm. I just, I was like, this is it. This is what people should be getting everywhere. I knew that what I was getting was something special mm-hmm. um, or something rare, which should be just standard. Um, yeah. but anyway, so that was my booking appointment. And then the next appointment I went back to, um she was busy she was on call or doing something else so I had a student midwife and so I had decided for all of my appointments I was having no bloods no urines no measurements no weights no nothing no blood pressure just nothing I literally just spent each appointment going no thank you yes thank you I feel informed thank you no thank you (laughs) um (laughs) very polite (laughs) where did that come from what what kind of led you to to kind of make those decisions um I really wanted to just trust that I was capable of growing a happy baby Mm. um, and a healthy baby um the logical part of my brain like seeing myself as an animal as a mammal I've grown a healthy happy baby before Mm -hmm. I had no complications nothing untoward no reason for concern at all um and there's no reason really why out of the blue anything would change what in that time really could significantly change in my bloods or my urine or you know and if I didn't feel right I was always open to you know something doesn't feel right here can I have a blood test or can you check my wee or my blood pressure Mm. um but while I felt well I just didn't want didn't want the sort of delving into to looking for problems really because that I felt was a problem um and I had the 36 week scan with my son and um, th- it was awful. So the lady that did the scan um, basically said his thigh measurement, oh, I didn't know it was a boy. So the baby's thigh measurement's too short. It brings his overweight, overall weight down. Um, so you're not going to be able to have him at the birth centre because he comes under the 10th centile or whatever. Um, and then she said, you know, and sometimes God makes babies different. And that's oh, all she right. said. Right. Like, okay. So in shock and being a first time mum, I didn't respond. I just left the appointment. She said, oh, the specialist will be in touch in seven days and you'll come and have a more in-depth scan. Mm. Um, and we did, as we were told, we were very much on that on that path at that time. 
Um, so for that seven days, a lot of talking and a lot of tears. How short is this baby deformed? Are we talking wheelchairs? Are we talking mm. disabled? Are we talking like what 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 is what's wrong with my baby? Yeah. Um, and we went to the scan seven days later, and the consultant did the scan. He was very in depth. He was lovely. He was really friendly. Um, and he made me and my husband stand up and he just looked at us up and down and he said, you've all got short legs. It's just hereditary, your baby. You can have the baby at the birth center. The fuss is about. Yeah, that's all both reassuring yeah. and slightly strange. <laughs> to kind of yeah. just look at you and your husband and go, you've got short legs. Yeah, you know, I have. And, you know, at least he was honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was that. So I already knew that I was going to be declining the 36-week scan because that very much between so between that experience with me and then going into teaching hypnobirthing and having client after client after client after Mm. client under the same trust and nearly a hundred percent of them pretty much yeah nearly all of them got to their 36 week scan oh my baby's too big my baby's too small my baby's this my blood's this my levels are that you know and I was like this scan I'm not with I'm not about this scan this is a problem finding scan this is we're going to find something to well uh, absolutely you said it it is it's finding exactly like what can we find what can we discuss that might put a spanner in the works and and maybe potentially give give us the upper hand here with with kind of telling you how we want you to give birth possibly you know yeah 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 I um I heard from somebody who'd been to a um a scan appointment recently um and the sonographer had said yeah we do um you know give a margin of error just to be on the safe side and it's like well that's the exact reason that so many people are going for all of these interventions and you know that's the spanner you know to be on the safe side Mm, yeah how's that helpful yeah it's all this just in case just yeah Yeah. we'll do this just in case Mm. get off off I don't like this just in case just just away yeah um so yeah that I think that experience was what sort of started to lead me and the more that I was teaching and the more stories I was hearing um you know and I was starting to see a real pattern in you know I'd only had my birth experience to go on and what my friends had said but once I started teaching was dealing with clients it became very apparent very quickly what was really going on um you know behind closed doors if you like Mm. um so so yeah so my the second appointment was the student midwife um and I declined everything um the third appointment was a different midwife again um and she said you know I'll be taking over your care because your midwife um who had done the booking appointment who I thought was great um has left she's moved on you know of course she's left she's a great midwife you know of course she's left (laughs) because a great midwife just can't yeah. carry on you know <laughs> um and so this other midwife um took over my care um and that was my 28 week appointment I said look you know I'm feeling good I'm not having anything that you're offering anyway and there's no point in me coming back for the rest of the appointment so I just want to you know tune in now with my body not feel disturbed not keep coming here to be told that I need to have this and I should have that and what if I don't want like your fear projected onto me yeah um <laughs> In, in those kind of words, as nicely as I possibly could. So I said, I'd like to decline all further appointments um, and I'll call you when I'm in labour. Um, and at this point, I can't remember the actual moment, but it was this point I was, I know what it was, I had joined Sam Gadsden's emergency 
rebirth group. Amazing. Magic. And so yeah. I started sort of looking and reading on there. And then while that sort of knowledge was starting to take off and I was starting down that rabbit hole, I sort of was like, okay, I'm going to not have any more appointments. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to just let them know and let them think that I'm going for a home birth. I don't want to start causing any kerfuffle by saying, oh, well, I'm planning on having the baby by myself. Um, and it was always be an option that if I felt I needed the support of a midwife, I was going to call. I'd call it and not be hard on myself for, for failing. You know, there's there's a real thing about free birth that if you don't do it, you give in or you buckle or something, you you know, you're not a real birther. There's a real... There's mm. a, definitely a group of people that I found that are quite diehard and I'm oh, not definitely. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, nor are we. I mean, that's one of the driving forces of this podcast in the kind of conception of it is because, yeah, I hate that. I hate that kind yeah. of approach of a, of a kind of purist yeah. free birth kind yeah. of thing. Like yeah, yeah. there's a lot of nuance in there. You know, there's a lot of different ways people mm. want to do it. And, and if things change, like that's not a, you know, a terrible, yeah. terrible shame. It's just how you feel and how you want to birth. Like, I yeah. think that's perfectly fine, you know. Which but yeah, the main thing, isn't it? It's the most important thing. How do you feel? What do you want? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, so it's sort of not not dangerous territory, but I think if you sort of start to get sucked into that mindset, that's where you could end up. If you you choose, you might choose to not actually feel what you're feeling mm-hmm. and wanting the support that you might really want or need mm-hmm. because you're worried about not being the person that you thought you were trying to be, kind of. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. I do think there is a, a danger of that, which is a real shame. It's like, it's like the motivation behind your choices are not completely led by you and they're kind of led by what you feel like you should do. And then that's obviously dangerous in any situation, whether it's medically kind of motivated or mm. not or more holistic yeah. free birthy motivated it's just never yeah. good to make a decision on anything other than what you authentically feel not based yeah. on any group of people whoever they are so yeah. yeah and knowing that that can change as well because I think as yeah. soon as we become attached to a label and you yes. know trying to create an mm. image having that as part of an image of our identity it's really dangerous ground because we're fluid you know mm-hmm. and that yeah. like you say can really take us away from our intuition and feeding yep. what our next decision one decision at a time could be yeah I'm with you yeah so it's good yeah I mean I I did have moments I caught myself at times feeling like quite bloody minded about it all like mm. I don't care what has to happen mm. this baby is going to be born at home mm-hmm. regardless but actually you know, when I really thought about how I felt about it, it was like, well, no, because I want to be safe. Mm-hmm. And so part, obviously a huge part of the decision to free birth is because that's what made me feel safest. Yes. But I needed to be at peace with the fact that, you know, I was also in a mindset that if I end up having an unplanned or emergency transfer and cesarean, that that is my journey. That's the path that I was meant to take. And it will have had to happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I'll have made that decision based on good knowledge and good information and felt, you know, and felt good about it. Mm-hmm. So I had, we had done a lot of work, a lot to do with Sam's group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I declined all the care. Yeah. Um, the midwife was like, oh, okay, fine. I just need to check with my manager because I'm not sure what to do about this because it doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. People declining care. Um, but it was all fine. And she said, you know, but we do do a 36-week home assessment. Can we come and do that? And I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. 
come make sure my house is safe whatever you need to do and by this point I was just like yeah mm -hmm, cool fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. whatever you need to do that's fine you come yeah um and they did and it was you know an hour of if this happens, this is what we're going to do. If this happens, this is what we're going to do. The risks of this, the risks of that. And I literally, I had an answer for everything that she said, literally. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, have you got a flat surface where we can set up a resource thing? And I was like, well, if the baby needs help transitioning, the baby will stay attached to the cord and placenta and will stay on my chest. So anything you need to do to help support the baby medically will happen with me having skin to skin and the baby on me, near me. <laughs> Um, yeah and she was like oh okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) she was like okay um (laughs) and and I sort of said I I don't know looking back if I might have come off a bit rude maybe I did but I said to her I was like you know what's weird like in birth with my son or in the appointments with my son no one went through the risks with me of giving birth in a hospital yeah and being told everything that could go wrong for my home birth yeah it's a good point it's a good point you don't get that kind of it is it is intimidating and interrogating feeling. It is like, why are you going through the minutiae of every single thing that might happen now mm. purely because it's happening at home? And yeah, when does that ever happen with your midwife? You know, yeah. oh, during your hospital birth, this might happen or this might happen. Yeah. That never happens. No. Never. And we know that having the baby at home reduces the chances of all of these things happening. Yeah. So, yeah. So Or even so that planning. Even planning to have your baby Even planning to have a home birth and then transferring. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. And and it's it's almost like it's their fear. What are we going to do if you have sho- if the baby has shoulder dystocia? Mm. What are we going to do if you yeah. hemorrhage? What are we going to do if your baby needs to be... Like, it's not... It doesn't ever feel about you as a mum. Mm. Like, it's how, it's how it felt. Did she have an answer to that? <laughs> yeah. Did she say yeah. anything? No, she was just like, um, I see your point. <laughs> well, that's something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, um, when they came to do the home birth assessment, um, a huge, huge red flag. Um, and I think this was the moment that I was like, nobody's coming into my house mm. unless I feel there is a real emergency that I can't deal with. Nobody's coming into my house. Um, so this midwife and, and her student midwife who came with her, um, one of the first things she said was, oh, um, at the weekend, I was looking after one of your clients. And I said, oh, how is she? And she said, oh, I think she's OK. She should be home by now. And this was about three or four days later. And I was like, what? Mm. What? So and then in the meantime, after this, I got the birth story from my client and mm. she felt traumatized and she felt like she had failed herself oh, and, she, and it, I was just devastated and unfortunately the midwife that had had her care that had then come to my home birth assessment I don't know all the details so it's difficult to know but I feel that there was you know a bit of a panic and we don't know what to do here so we'll just send you off to hospital maybe mm. and let them deal with it and and then the fear and everything on top yeah. of that resulted in um, an unplanned cesarean. And I just, oh. it's absolutely heartbreaking. And actually her particular story makes me really upset. I get really upset about oh, it. Bless um, you. And it was that, it was that moment that I was like, if someone going into your space in a birth centre makes you feel uncomfortable and they're having a really straightforward, really good labour mm. um, and it can end like that, then there's you know and I don't know if it's going to be you 
and you might be the best of a bad bunch like mm, yeah um, and just not knowing because I hadn't seen the same midwife twice despite having continuity of yeah, in yeah, commas. Yeah. it's um, such a risk isn't it it's a, that became the biggest risk mm. for me mm. I knew that all of the the medical concerns that everybody had about having the baby without a midwife I knew that that those risks were really 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 quite slim mm-hmm. but I knew that inviting anybody um, that I didn't know into the birth space that was a massive risk their mm. vibe their outlook their views on what should be happening just you know the shuffling papers the disruption the noise the walking on the wooden floor all of those things I just didn't want it and no midwife is safer than a bad midwife absolutely yeah Yeah, and that's that's what I felt um and so that is what we did (laughs) um yeah so then we went um on with the rest of the pregnancy I felt really good um had about four days of tightenings um before labor really sort of kicked off um my first labor with my son was eight hours start to finish so I was very much expecting a very quick sort of four hours or less um at night when my son was in bed it was just going to happen so um it's our minds are so good at really cocking stuff up if we let them (laughs) that's what it turns out Um, so it was the Thursday night I'd gone to bed and exactly like what happened with my son I was laying in bed and I felt tightening and last time I didn't tell my husband because I didn't believe I was in labor and I labored for three hours or four hours in bed quietly Mm. just breathing until my waters released and then that's when I told him and he never believed me that I didn't know and I didn't I didn't really think I was in labor I just I don't know what I thought was happening (laughs) (laughs) um so this time I had the first feeling waited for another one and then I was like okay because this could be quick so I told him we got up put the pool up, started to fill it up, had the music on, got in the pool, it was about midnight, and I was like, oh, peak too soon, I think we should go back to bed, because I'm not feeling it, I got into the pool, and everything stopped, because mm. I'd got up, I changed what I was doing, Yeah. I there was lights, there was actively, you know, plugging in hoses to the taps, and lugging mm. the pool about, and all of this, yeah. and I just, you know, messed it up, really, by getting too involved, Um. So we went back to bed, that was that, it all stopped. The next day there was nothing. The next night it sort of happened again and then I had a couple of days of just hunting sort of every 15 minutes. The next day after that night, actually, I got up and I emptied the pool and I put it away and I was fuming. I was absolutely <laughs> oh. livid. I was like, this is rubbish. No. <laughs> um, so I got really cross. So for a couple of days, I really, I had I had managed to sort of stall my own labour by not being in the right headspace. Um, and then the sort of Sunday night Monday morning I was like look there's no point me feeling like this you know I knew it was almost like I knew too much from Mm. you know now being a sort of a birth worker and knowing what I knew and Mm. um it was almost like I knew too much and I was overanalyzing everything um and I just I let it all go on Sunday night I just really I did some like breathing and some relaxation and and I just let it all go and then that sort of early hours on the Monday morning um I sort of felt the tightenings come back a bit stronger but I didn't want to say to my husband you know take the day off work for it all to stall again I didn't know that it was really imminent but I must have done because I did say you know it does feel a bit different maybe you shouldn't go to work just in case um 
so that was at about half past five in the morning. We arranged to have my son picked up at half past seven. Um, and I mean, there's that moment in the video that he says goodbye. Yeah. Oh, God, goodbye. And then, lovely. So my husband's outside, like getting oh. him sorted and getting rid of him. And I just sit on the ball and then my husband comes back in and I'm like, that was the last time it was just three of us. And I have like a proper, like a proper boo about it. Oh God. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. moment in your video. I think it's the only you you caption it, don't you, on screen? It's just that little yeah. what you say, and it just slayed me. It was because it because it's so true. There's that moment where you feel like oh, it's going to change. You know, our situation mm. that was before, and you know that was lovely, but now it's going to be different. And there yeah. is a kind of weird little kind of sadness there, but it's exciting. Yeah. But it's like oh, but yeah, oh, so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd edited quite a lot of footage out of the video. There was loads of just, I mean, this is normal, boring birth. Yeah. It was just hours of nothing happening. Having all sat, having toast on the floor, the three of us having toast on the floor. And it was lovely, but there wasn't, I don't remember that morning really trying to embrace and enjoy and soak up that last moment Mm. because I didn't really realise it until my son had gone. And I was like, oh my God. I know. The next time he comes back, there's going to be a new person. I think, oh, probably. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. So that happened. So I was adamant that I wanted my husband in the pool, and I always said through the pregnancy, and I watched all these videos of people being all loved up in the pool and it being all really lovely and intimate, and I was like, I want that. I want that to be me. And he was like, I'll do it, but you're not going to want it. But I'll do it. <laughs> um. <laughs> and he did. Um. So after my son left, I got straight in the pool. Um, and this bit, I didn't realise my husband turned the camera off. Um, which is partly a shame, but I can kind of see why. Because he didn't want he didn't want to be that involved okay. on camera, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, so he got in the pool. I made him get in the pool. And we were having a chat and we were having a laugh. And I was just sort of having tightenings and they were getting stronger. And there was a moment and I said to him, I was like, um I feel quite you know I've got I've got feelings going on like Ooh. so yeah so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know we're, we've not got many clothes on in in here and it feels quite nice <laughs> and I've got loads of hormones rushing through my body yeah. um and so we were having like a bit of a kiss and a smooch and being really quite intimate but we didn't have there was no sex or real intimate touching mm. um and just as we were having a, a real smoochy kiss I felt my waters pop and sort of the warmth of the waters come away and I sort of I had like a bit of a weird shudder as it happened he was like are you okay and I was like my waters have just gone and he was like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) um and then sort of made his way out of the pool um and put the camera back on um so so yeah so my waters went at about 20 past eight so just under an hour after my son left um and then I just carried on just sort of what you see in the video, really. I sort of edited sort of each sort of stage as it ramped up, but there was a few contractions of each. Um, so that was about 20 past eight. Um, and I declared that my body was pushing um, at 10. Wow. Um, and she was born into my hands at 20 past 10 in the morning. Wow. Um, and just mm-hmm. a moment I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget just putting my putting my hand down and feeling her head mm. and her little oh. fluffy hair walking in the water oh. and her ears 
I mean, of course she's got ears, but I just couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah, I know. That's, yeah, I had a really similar with my own daughter. It's really surreal. It is something about ears, maybe. But I guess yeah. it's the it's the first kind of feeling of you you haven't been aware of that like yeah. design of the person that's in you until yeah. then <laughs> you kind yeah. of feel when that you bit think, of them. oh I'll feel the head you expect to yeah. just like feel like the top of a head Wish and I put my hand like around her head and my thumb brushed on her oh. ear and I was like oh I know it's incredible <laughs> yeah you've got a real body <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like an actual um, person <laughs> it's, it's quite interesting what I find really interesting is when you watch a video back and when I watch my video back there was so much going on in my head that I was thinking and mm. sorting out that mm. you would never know by watching it back. But there was there was a moment, um, a couple of um, contractions before she started to be born. Um, I had a feel. And I think for me, that was one of the nicest things about being totally unobserved and feeling really safe with Sam is that I was comfortable feeling down there. Yeah. And yeah. You know, and ordinarily, that's the job of the midwife to fill your vagina in, in labour. But I felt really comfortable to do that. It's mine. Mm. Of course, I could feel it. Yeah. And to use, like, stimulation and, mm. like, touch myself if I felt like it helped. And, yeah, it really bloody helped. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I was picking all bits and pieces of my body. It was wonderful. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Brilliant. <laughs> sorry, if I'm being a bit crude. <laughs> No, no, good. Go for it. Yeah, as comfortable <laughs> as you're, you're happy talking about it. But I think it's a really, it's, it's an annoyingly taboo, it shouldn't be. It's just not something that gets discussed. I mean, it's 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 sort of ridiculous, really, because it's all happening in the same region that, you know, we associate with lovemaking and sex and intimacy yeah. and everything else. And like, why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't yeah. we respond to all that kind of touching and the feelings and the hormones and everything? We know they're yeah. all interconnected. So, of course, it does make sense. But there's just some silly kind of, sticking point for some we're like oh we can't possibly sexualize birth that's really weird and of course it's not weird it's just uh yeah. it could be quite a useful tool like you say it's it really, an excellent tool yeah it seemed to yeah. work great for you guys so that's wonderful really and you, you wonder if like <laughs> if a midwife had been there then there is that kind of difficulty of like uh you know can you leave the room while we just like and then if they're in a different room and then I don't know it's it's not oh, as, I would I yeah. know hands down I wouldn't have done it yeah I just yeah. wouldn't have and I think even for a lot of people, if we're really honest about it, is even in sex, touching yourself mm. is mm. a lot more difficult than letting somebody else do the touching. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So even, even in sex, like having control and being at one with your own body mm. is still something that we don't talk about, especially as women. You know, for men, it's always a bit of a joke. Um, about you know going off behind the bins and having a wank or whatever but <laughs> women we just I mean whether we do it or not it's not spoken about yeah yeah enough like and it's there's a huge stigma so you know and then when you obviously and then when it comes to birth and there's people in the room you're definitely not going to touch yourself but yeah. then you start to get into that if you wouldn't have sex in the space you know it's probably not yes. the best place to have your baby and definitely. you start to get into that yeah um, yeah so yeah it was it was lovely I felt really free to just do whatever I felt was right whenever I wanted to and I again I edited hours out of the pool being empty I was in and out going to the loo mm. endlessly going in and out to the loo and whether it's because I needed to or whether that was my body telling me um I needed to get out and move about mm. it, was, it was lovely and there's a there's a bit at the end of the video where I sort of I sort of lean on the side of the pool and I'm like I think I need to get out um 
because I actually I'd filled the pool up too much so I was too buoyant so I couldn't really ground myself oh, I sort of yeah. bobbing up interesting yeah. <laughs> but at, at that point um getting out just wasn't an option it was yeah. absolutely imminent. it happened in the next push really mm. um yeah and then there was sort of a little mini push and her body just floated out and I I was quite mindful to do it really slowly I wanted to bring her up to me really slowly like I wanted to see her under the water mm. as mm. I brought her up I didn't want to just drag her out really quick and not get a look at her so I sort of did it really slowly um yeah and it's just the most phenomenal thing I've ever 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 done ever mm. and will ever do mm. ever <laughs> Um, and it was just it was amazing um again I did edit out probably two or three minutes worth of me giving her a really pretty rough rub actually and it wasn't because I was concerned about her but I could feel the tension in the room from my husband waiting for her to cry okay like I felt that because we were so undisturbed and everything was so calm and quiet she was out and didn't make a noise straight away Mm -hmm. and I know that that's safe and he knew that that was safe we'd watched loads of videos where that didn't happen but I could just feel he was sort of stood there with a towel like waiting and I Mm -hmm. could feel that so I felt like I needed to get something out of her for his benefit um so I did quite a lot of vigorous rubbing and there's a bit of footage actually where I I didn't realize but I watched it back um all these little parts and I sort of I saw myself like blowing on her face and mm. like lots of talking to her and lots of reassuring her and lots of, you know, holding her close and rubbing her just, yeah. And everything just came really naturally to do what we needed to do. Um, and then, yeah. And then the grand reveal of her being a girl, which again, with the the hair and ears moment for me, oh, I'll yeah. never forget. I sort of pick her up and have a look and I was like, nah. <laughs> no, hang on a minute. <laughs> so I picked her up again, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh. <laughs> and I had allowed myself to think that I was gonna have a girl. Mm. Um, and I told everybody, "It did." Of course, it didn't matter. It really didn't matter. Just mm. having a healthy, happy baby is always the most important thing. Um, but I did want one of each and mm. so my brother's got two boys and my cousin's got a boy and mm. for my for my grandma she's got all these great grandkids popping out all over the place and they're all boys mm. <laughs> and I was like I just, just want there to be a girl just just for the sake of the story really yeah. um so I never allowed myself to think about it because I didn't want gender disappointment <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um which is absolute nonsense but yeah the the joy and still now I look at her and I'm like someone's going to take you away this is someone's going to be pinched I'm going to be woken up and I didn't do that I didn't give birth to you at home I didn't do that you're not mine you're not real like <laughs> no there's no way I haven't got a girl I'm not that lucky I'm not that brave <laughs> I didn't do all of that um <laughs> and then I watched him. back the video and I'm like wow you're so surreal watching that mm. my my grandma's 93 and she's downstairs at the moment and um she's hard of hearing and she's sort of only got one eye and all of this stuff <laughs> and so I put it on the telly really big and really loud for her Did you? and I had never <laughs> listened amazing. to it with the volume up I had no idea that um one of the songs that was on as her head was being born or just before her head was born was our wedding song oh, I had wow. no idea I didn't remember it and I'd never listened to it sound that loud oh, um, so we had it on full pelt and I was like oh wow I was loud <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you feel loud at the time? 
yeah there was part of me that was like in my head I was a bit conscious of like what about the neighbours and is it necessary to scream is it necessary to shout will that help and then I just was like I'm gonna go with it because my body's telling me to and I did and as soon as I let out the noises just it felt like such relief it felt like when I was holding it in I could like feel it in my vagina the force and once I let it out of my mouth everything down there just was like okay cool chill like there's time there's space here like it sort of redirected the force out of my mouth rather than Mm. you know and like and my mum tells the story of of having me and I was a very very quick labor very quick birth and she did sort of one real scream. And then the midwife said to her, um, less out of your mouth, madam, and pu- like more pushing down to your bottom. Like if you can like channel that noise down, the baby will come is basically what they were getting at. But actually to protect your bum and your perineum and everything, actually letting out a yelp might be useful. Yeah. Um, and how about so just don't it, tell someone what to do when they're giving birth? Yeah. And just let them do whatever yeah. the hell they feel like doing, whether they want to yeah. shout, scream, hum, sing, yeah. whatever. Off, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was going to say that was back then, but really not a lot has changed. And if it has changed, it got worse, I feel, sadly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that is what we did. We went from being trying to crash my car into a lamppost because I didn't want wow. to have a baby ever mm, out of mm. my vagina to a pretty hardcore advocate of rebirthing, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is just blows my blows my brain. Yeah, yeah, real transformation. I mean, well, what about your placenta? What happened? How did that go? Oh yeah, my placenta. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah amazing so I had Daisy we were in the pool for a bit um and I say a bit probably half an hour or more and then um Sam helped me out of the pool and what I love is that so many people said to me what how did you know what to do after and I was like I didn't really Hmm. you know it's common sense to pull the baby out of the water and put it on your chest because leaving it in the water (laughs) is probably not great for a long period of time yeah. <laughs> but that was just logical and natural and happened because you would and then we just sort of fumbled about really and again it's all I've got it all on footage I just didn't put it in the edit and um, because I didn't want the video to be too long that people didn't commit to watching it true yeah um, yeah so it was hard to get the balance of getting enough of it in mm-hmm. to see it happen but not so long that it was really dull really mm-hmm. boring mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> um so yeah, so we sort of fumbled out of the pool. I sort of had her in the cord. It wasn't short, but it felt like I could feel it quite tight, like pulling up the front of my vagina and my bits and up my tummy um, and all cold and slimy on me. It was like weird, but lovely. <laughs> um, and sort of trying to step out over the pool and he sort of got my elbows and I was just sort of stood there like dripping wet with the baby on me. And he was like, what do you need? And I was like, um, we got any towels? <laughs> and he was like yeah 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 got, got some towels and he sort of started to wrap me up and put some on the sofa and put pillows so that I could get on the sofa and I sort of laid down with her awkwardly and I just didn't feel comfortable at all and it didn't matter what mm. position I got into I just wasn't comfy mm. and I ended you up sitting done yet you weren't done yeah. Yeah. yeah so I ended up just getting sitting down on the floor um and I was like I'm not feeling any pushing like and the same when I had Sid I didn't have any real need to to push and um 
so about an hour and 20 minutes after she was born and we'd got out of the pool and got sorted and sort of looked at each other and been like oh my god <laughs> um you know and sort of put a towel down there am I bleeding do I feel okay and sort of going through the motions of actually making sure that what we've done is okay and it was afterwards that I was like oh what if something goes wrong now like <laughs> which was weird but everything was fine and there was very little bleeding and I was like oh do you know can you go and grab one of the metal bowls I used to work on a market stall and I used to sell olives out of these metal bowls and I kept a couple of <laughs> oh amazing break yeah. the stuff um, <laughs> so I was like can you go grab an olive bowl and and um Love it. he bought it in and I was like sorry don't mind me after all of that after pooing in front of him in the thing and him scooping it out after all of that I apologized I was like excuse me for a second like he had the baby the placenta was still uh, the cord was still attached to me and I'm like holding half onto the sofa and of course squatting over an olive bowl and <laughs> sort of I get out I give the placenta a push and it sort of comes half out and he's looking and he was like I can see it and I was like yeah I can feel it <laughs> and, um, and then I pushed again and nothing really happened and I was like okay I'm not pulling it because if it would come it would come so let's just, I'll just have a pause for a minute and have another cuddle with the baby while I squat here. So he was sort of mm. half balancing me while I was in a weird squat with half placenta hanging out, holding the baby. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Um, it? And actually, really, really sadly, the camera ran out of battery just oh, before yeah. this. So none of this actually was captured, Typically. which is a bit sad because I the placenta bit for me, watching people's birth videos, I'm like, oh, you've had the baby, and then the video ends, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to see more percentages being born, yes. and I had no idea. I <laughs> yeah. completely forgot that the camera was up there. I forgot that all of it had been filmed, and then when I watched back all the footage and it cut out before all of this, I was like, no, oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, So anyway, we haven't got that bit, which is a shame. Um, and then another push a few minutes later, and the rest of it plopped out into the olive bowl, a little bit of blood. And the relief, just the, the yeah. emptiness, sort of the yeah. hollow sort of vacuum kind of emptiness feeling inside is just so bizarre. And then I could sit down and I was really comfy and it was lovely. Mm. Um, left her attached to it. So that was, so she was born 20 past 10. It was about half 11-ish. And then at around midday, I think we decided to call um, to make that call to our local unit to say, oh, just sort of... and. I think this is my favourite part of the story. I rang fully expecting to end up in a row or telling them don't send anybody in the end because I just don't want you near me. Um, but I called and I said, oh, hi, I'm just ringing. I've had a baby and I'd like someone to come and notify the birth, do the paperwork kind of bit, check with the centre and all of that. And she was like, okay, when did you have your baby? And I was like, oh, at 20 past 10. What, today? You've had your baby today? Where's your midwife? And I was like, um, <laughs> oh, I didn't have time to call. The baby came and I didn't have time to call, so mm. <laughs> send someone. And so she put her phone, she must have put her phone to the chest or on the desk, and I could hear her go off. And she was like, uh, someone's just had a baby at home on their own without a midwife. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I heard somebody in the background say, Oh, I'll deal with this. Oh. In that kind of tone. And I right. properly was like, Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I don't know if the phone number to do. Anyway, this lady answered the phone. She said, Yeah, whereabouts are you? I'm coming now. I'll be with you in 10 minutes. So I was like, Oh. And then this lady came to the door with, and she brought a student midwife with her. And she came in and she 
looked at me and she was like, I want to know everything. <laughs> and immediately she was, yeah, Leonie, you're getting really tense. She was epic. She's got an oxytocin tattoo on her foot. And oh, she wanted to know everything. And she was, between talking to me, she was going through everything with the student midwife about what we were talking about and what we meant. And, um, and we just chatted and chatted and chatted and and I said to her if I'd have bloody well known you and if I'd have known you were on call I probably would have had a midwife but I couldn't take that risk I'm sorry I couldn't I didn't know it was going to be you and I didn't know who you were and this is the first time I've met you but she made me feel safe she made me feel loved she made me feel you know so powerful and I was so ready to be in trouble and to have to defend myself Mm. and which is so sad because that happens to so many people um And I was just like, I just felt so lucky that, you know, it happened to be her. Um, so she was amazing. She said, do you want me to check for any grazes or tears? And I said, oh, I don't know. And she said, if you have torn, would you want stitches? And I said, no. And she said, oh, there's no point in me checking then. And she said, and I'm not being funny looking at you. And I was sat on the sofa with my legs crossed with my baby like a wide eyed like yeah <laughs> this has just happened and she said you're you're sat with your legs crossed on the sofa you wouldn't be if you're torn like mm. if you're torn badly and when I yeah when I pushed Daisy out I was fully I was pushing with every single ounce of my body and I always say I literally I could have just pushed Mount Everest across to a different country like with so much might and I was like I don't care if I tear to my arse on this baby's coming out like that's what was happening in my head and so I really thought I had torn and she said with the way that you're sitting and how you're looking and feeling the blood and everything I don't think you really have um and if you don't want stitches anyway there's really no point me looking just for the sake of telling you that you have you you know she said, you know what to do if you want to pour warm water or whatever you want to do down there to make it more comfortable when you wee or whatever. She said, you know what you're doing. I mm. don't need to tell you what to do. Oh, you know what you're doing. God, yeah. yeah. Like the magic phrase. I mean, yeah. you know yeah. that you know what you're doing, but to have it reaffirmed oh, from somebody yeah. else who has that trust in you. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never so, so seldom heard is that from a midwife. But I yeah, know. it's amazing. I know. Um, so, yeah. So that was that really. Um, we chatted probably for far longer than she was meant to be there. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently after, when when I had called and the lady went in with the phone call to say, oh, this woman's had a baby on her own, what do we do? Apparently there was a few midwives on and it was very quiet because it was a really hot day. They'd cancelled those at the clinic. Mm-hmm. And she basically stuck her arm up and was like, me, I'm going, I'm going, I want to go. Oh. <laughs> um, um and the reason that I know that that is what she did and what she said at the time is because yesterday morning I went to her house for a cup of tea oh, and we chatted wow. birth for four oh, hours. That's so good. Oh, wow. And it was lovely. And she wasn't breaking rules because she didn't take on my care. She just did a bit of paperwork. So yeah. and she lives on the next road from me. So oh, that's so me. lovely. Oh. So she's, oh, God. she's a good thing. Yeah, you just yeah. met a really, really good one, which obviously they mm. exist and they're out there. It's like you say, you can never bank on it. You don't know if that's the one that's gonna come round to you. Yeah, it was really yeah. lovely she had a student with her too, because I mean that's like showing her here's an example. Look, here's a woman who yeah. had a physiological birth and look how glowing she is and how wonderful she clearly feels feels this is what you know you want to see yeah 
So she said that she, you know, she was adamant that she was going to bring a student midwife with her. And she said, oh. I ranted at her all the way to you, even though it was only down the road. I fitted <laughs> in as much as I could about what you had done before we got mm. to you. And she said, yeah. and then all the way back. And for all the rest of the day, it's all they spoke about. Oh, that is <laughs> amazing. Uh, because it just doesn't happen, does yeah. it? Which is just, it's sad. Um, Wonderful. So yeah, and then, so she teaches antenatal classes as well. And she said, oh, will you come and speak to my people? I'd love for you to come and speak to my people. Oh, wow. So I did. Oh. And it's just lovely. And I feel so lucky that even, even in Sid's birth, so despite him being in hospital and there being meconium and them not doing the examination, all of that stuff, mm. the young midwife who dealt with me there on her own um, was phenomenal. Mm. And I feel so lucky to have for both births, both midwives that I'd encountered to both be gems, real, real gems. Yeah. Um, so Sid was born, um, passed up to me. I sort of fumbled a bit because I was on my knees and facing away and they passed him through my legs and I just didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. Um, and then turned over and put him on my chest. And there was no conversation really about the placenta or clamping or cutting the cord. There was no mm-hmm. real talk about it. It just didn't really happen. She wasn't, it didn't come up and I didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got to about an hour you know, in hospital, it got to an hour and she started getting a bit twitchy about, you know, the placenta's not coming. Can you can you feel anything? Can you try and have a bit of a push? Um, have a bit of a push and I'll have a bit of a pull, you know, as they do. Mm. Um, and the placenta was born about 10 minutes after that. So just after the hour had passed. Um, so other than me pushing and her having a little pull and it was a gentle pull, it didn't hurt mm. um, because the placenta was coming. Um, that was a physiological third stage as well. And yeah. so, and she said to me, do you want to take a picture of your baby attached to the placenta still attached? Because okay. I've never seen no. you want a picture. And yeah. I didn't. I was like, no, why would I want a picture of yeah. the And even then, even having done hypnobirthing and having that really pretty straightforward birth, even then I didn't understand the beauty of what I had just done yeah. and the things that I had created in my body. I didn't get it. Yeah, um, yeah. But the fact that she didn't pressure me, she didn't, Clamp or cut the cord she didn't you know he stayed attached until the placenta was out yeah. and then it was cut so everything was just I was just so lucky mm. I was just so lucky both times really yeah it's just um, the thing isn't it I feel like that's the running theme in your story really support is just the right support good support yeah. there's you know I feel like your decision was very motivated out of wanting to know what support you might have there and there was that kind of like well it's a bit of a lottery who's going to come so I want to kind of feel secure in the support that there and then you know for you that's your partner mm-hmm. uh, but then you had amazing support afterwards from the midwife that showed up and then thankfully at your hospital yeah. birth too and that's what makes a massive difference isn't it yeah. I feel to the situation and to how you remember it as well I yeah. think it's looking back and going oh she did that wonderful thing or that lovely thing happened and that stays with you just forever I feel she made me feel this way yeah yeah and it does stay with you forever yeah Yeah. absolutely and it was so for Daisy's birth preparing and and sort of planning rather than you know so so many times and even when I taught people it's like adding stuff to your birth plan adding aromatherapy adding massage adding who you're going to have there adding a doula adding this adding that you know if in the event of this happens what are you going to have what are you going to have and for me it was like I had all of that and it was like a process of elimination I don't need that and I don't want that Mm. 
and that feels like a risk and I know that I can reduce that risk by not having this and and eventually all I was left was with me and Sam in the house yeah and I was like well that's that then that's sort of my plan because Mm. everything else has a risk attached to it kind of that I didn't really want Mm. oh it's so normal and boring yeah (laughs) really really dull honestly there's about well there is probably about five hours of footage yeah but I had to go through to make that really boring video (laughs) and it was dull I was like it was so like when I first put the chip in the computer to start watching it I was like oh oh Oh, forward this bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I just feel bad skipping parts of it that were so epic when I was doing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's mad. It's just. But it was just so. For me, I've had a bit of a, a time away from watching birth videos, and actually, your video was the first I'd watched in quite a while. I just I couldn't not watch it. I know you messaged a... me and you're like, "I'm going to wait until we've done the podcast." Yeah. And I was like, in my head, I was like. later I was like no come on I'll watch it now um but it was it had a really profound effect on me because it was so normal and boring yeah but it was just so calm and peaceful and it's not that those things are better you know it's not that the loud ones are you know worse or whatever but there was just something like the raw beauty of what was happening could just come through you know it was just it was so cleanly beautiful Mm. there wasn't all of the drama and you know all of the added bits and you know all of the fancy bits fancy fluffy bits on the side that you know of what some people want and that's what does it for some people but there's something really special I feel about just how simple it was the whole thing and as you were describing the placenta birth it really made me laugh because um the image I kind of had is you know like if you're kind of cooking in a small kitchen and you know you're like your backs are kind of touching each other and you're like dancing around each other to try and get the chopping board and you're like kind of fumbling around a little bit like doing this kind of weird like oh like making it up yeah like on holiday in a caravan that you don't yeah. know like, yeah. like, you've got everything you need but it all just isn't in the right place it doesn't feel right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you know and you're describing your placenta birth from the first from Sid's birth and you know you didn't kind of know what to expect but it wasn't like you had the space to be able to respond to what was happening it really kind of gave that impression to me with your with Daisy's birth you know you you had to figure it out because there was nobody else around to kind of poke you and go or oh, have you thought about this it's like oh and okay so I need to move there and then oh uh, then the placenta's going to come here and get the olive bowl and <laughs> you know, you're just like really responding how special it is that you had the space to be responsive you know you, you kind of done the birth and of the baby and then thought oh well what about this next bit what do we do if you know if we need support whatever it, it kind of sounds like you were really just responding to the situation as it unfolded you know well you we don't know what it's going to be like so thank god there was nobody else around to kind of plant ideas or guide you where you didn't want to be guided it was just yeah. you know really organic and I just love yeah. the olive bowl yeah <laughs> really I know that's a, me. <laughs> that's a beautiful little detail isn't it? I love that yeah yeah it's um it was it was really and it was sort of quite Saying it was good fun is a bit of a weird thing to say, but it was like because we didn't really know what we were doing or how we were doing it, and because we were sort of fumbling about and it was all a bit awkward and 
I loved that about it. And yeah. Leonie, when you said like about the video, it's so true. I said to Sam when I was pregnant, I was like, this is content for my business. I need a videographer. I need a photographer. It needs to be fluffy. It needs to be beautiful. It needs to be edited with my favourite song. It needs like fading mm. in and out with like little captions of what's happening. It needs to be like all those other videos that I'd seen. That's what I need. And I was really disappointed that we were just having a camera and it was just going to be on the side and I couldn't make it be cute. And actually it was then when I edited it and put it out, I was like, Done's better than perfect. Fine, we'll just get it out and see what happens. I don't care. Like, mm. it's not how I wanted it, but it will do. Um, and the response was insane. And now when I watch it back, it's, you know, I love, like, a zoo programme where you've got the webcam in the corner of the tiger's bit and they're waiting for her to have the cubs and it's all in black and white and it's at night and they're sort of mm. sat in the room watching on the camera. Yeah. And the lion or the tiger's just doing its thing, like, having its cubs... Yeah. And that's what it sort of was like. It was like having like a webcam on watching a mammal have a baby. And that yeah. is really all that happened. Yeah. 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 I remember yeah. I remember when you first shared it, I feel like I saw it everywhere. There's so many people were sharing it. And I think yeah. it, it's because it really struck a chord with people. I, I think because it wasn't overly edited and it wasn't really glossy and it didn't kind of make it look like an overly romanticised moment, it was just really honest and really kind of real looking and... And yeah, I remember I was just sat there watching it and you know the kind of thing where you just start and you're just like, you can't stop watching it because yeah. it's so, like, it was such little gentle movements here and there but then that's what kind of hooks you in too is just like, oh, look, and oh, then they're doing this funny. little... Yeah, it was really lovely and I think, yeah, we'll share it again when we get this episode out there. We'll, we'll make sure other people see it too for anyone who hasn't seen it already because I, I think watching videos of births like that is really important, yeah. you know, watch them all but like yeah make sure you watch the ones where it's a bit more less gloss a bit more authentic because I think that's a more it's a better way to kind of prepare yourselves I suppose with that kind of yeah. authenticity oh, I felt yeah. like I could really relate to you in that video because with some birth videos and I don't mean to criticize birth at all or even the videos but you know with some of them I just think oh that's not me you know and I guess this mm. is kind of also the point of the podcast you know kind yeah. of have these stories which are relatable you know it's just a normal living room with normal people having a normal baby I don't mean to emphasize that word either but you know it's like it was gripping yeah it was gripping and not much happened it's so interesting yeah <laughs> it's weird isn't it yeah. It is weird. Yeah. When you were labouring, was there, how did you kind of keep that connection between you and your baby? Did you ever, be, having no one there, did you feel like you had to kind of replace that with, with something in particular to kind of keep tuning in or anything? Or did you just feel like, I'll just know that she's well and that everything's fine and I'll just have this kind of sense that things are okay? Yeah, there was no real sort of conscious effort if you like to mm. because I felt so well and I felt even though it's really hard like the hardest thing ever mm. all of that none of it felt dangerous or unsafe or unusual or mm. like there was something wrong I like yeah it's weird I didn't like that sort of I'd always read like a lot of stories and hear lots of people talking about how they you know, they were at one with their baby and they traversed through different realms and reached <laughs> up to the universe and grabbed their baby down and, mm. you know, and they sort of found them, like, all of that stuff. I was like, oh, wow, how magical, that's amazing. Um, 
and then I didn't really feel any of that I just sort of got on with it mm, yeah it was yeah, it I was can relate to that yeah it was just sort of happening and you know like like talking about the video like I can't stop watching because what's going to happen next you know when I was laboring I was like oh well the baby's just going to happen next mm. that's all that's the only option that there is yeah 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 all that can happen nothing really is going to change I'm going to get more into labor until the baby comes yeah because that's what labor does <laughs> um Absolutely. it was all yeah it was all quite sort of practical really in my head about yeah how it was rather than it being some you know really magical I mean it was really magical it was really <laughs> special and I wouldn't change any of it um so yeah, it was magical. It was amazing. But also I didn't feel all of those things that I thought I was going to feel. I thought I was going to have been like a transformed person and mm. everything like, yes, my whole life and my outlook and everything has changed as a result, all of those things. But I never felt all of those, like I thought I was going to turn into some like spiritual fairy goddess person. And I'm just the same me. I'm the same person. Mm. And I'm a bit like, oh, I thought I was going to feel like, extra yeah I don't I just feel like me that's just done something epic yeah and that's it (laughs) there is nothing bad about that yeah because I think for some sadly they can feel less I think if their experience has been really difficult or traumatic or you know you feel like you know where was I in that experience like what happened to me kind of thing and I think it's I think it's a pretty good win to come out of a birth and feel like yep I'm just me. It's another day. You know, I feel pretty, like it's amazing what I've done and I can't quite get my head around what I've done still because it was pretty yeah. epic and mind-blowing. But I do feel like myself. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. And we did. We got up that day. We had breakfast. We had a baby. Mm. Sid came home, met the baby, and we went to bed. Uh, what was that like? What was it like, Sid uh, meeting the baby? Oh, it was lovely. So we had we had done sort of a lot of talking about what was in mummy's tummy and mm. tried to get him as best as possible to understand what was what was happening. Um and we sort of we said, you know, do you want to hold the baby? And he sort of sat on the sofa and put his hands out and we sort of laid her in his hands and she's let out a yelp and he just jumped straight up off the sofa and ran <laughs> off. And you know what's really Aww. funny, Leone, one of your stories, you say, you know, your son was like, Oh yeah, nice, can I have an apple? Kind of. Yeah. And it's hilarious because Sid did exactly the same. Sid he? Lives, he lives for an apple. Like, if he won't do something, I'm not really one for bribery, but an apple will make it happen. Oh, he will do anything for an so apple. Sweet. And he was. He came in and he saw the baby. We sort of thought he'd hold her. He ran off and he was like, apple, mm. apple. And I was like, yeah, okay, back to it then. Back to life. Yeah, <laughs> back to life. Amazing. Um, and my brother as well he said you're home already and I was like 
I didn't leave. Yeah. I never I left. I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't leave. Um, so yeah, it was it was lovely. All of it has been just, just it has been amazing. Oh, but yeah, all really normal and yeah. like you say, really boring. I think at Leone, I think I messaged yeah. you about it when I saw you release the name of this podcast. I was in the process of editing my video and I was gonna put sort of a a thing at the beginning like just a blank thing that said this is my my really boring birth Um, because that's how I felt watching going through all the footage to find the bits to put in it to make it a bit more interesting the most (laughs) exciting bits I was like this is really dull like people aren't going to be interested in watching this this is really dull it's not what I've seen anywhere um and so yeah and then when I saw that you released that I was like yes yeah three births are boring it's a thing. <laughs> so I'm, and I'm so grateful that you've had me on to talk about it. It's been great. Oh, so yeah. glad you came on. Yeah. Thank you. I've been, yeah, really gagging to chat with you and <laughs> hear your story. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us your story and for, yeah, kind of give us the, the kind of insider scoop on that video <laughs> and the kind of information behind it all. Yeah, it's just so yeah. lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's been such a if you have enjoyed listening to these stories we'd love to hear from you take a screenshot share your thoughts we love to hear how you found these amazing stories you can tag us tag our instagram accounts share with your friends get in touch we'd love to hear from you if you have a free birth story you would love to share you can get in touch with us by sending a dm to our instagram page at normal boring free birth or email us at normal boring free birth at outlook.com